after these messages we'll be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors hey everybody welcome to after these messages where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks we are here tonight to talk about TV commercials. Good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Does that mean I can eat it? My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with a chortling Genevieve Has. Hello, Vives. Hi, Andrew. Coming up today on the show, one last bite of the Super Bowl Snickers. Yes. Snickers didn't have, I was trying to think of like, I was going to say an apple. Oh, avocado. There's always an Avocados they, of Mexico There commercial. is one. There was one. There was a Snickers commercial? No, there was an Avocados of Mexico. No, that's what I was saying. Sorry. Okay, let me back up. Okay. The reason I said Snickers was because I was going to say apple. Right. And I thought apples weren't advertised on the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I went to Snickers without any forethought because I thought maybe that was something that was advertised during the Super Bowl. As I was explaining that to you a moment ago, I realized I should have gone with avocados because they always have a Super Bowl commercial. Even though, did you see that there's a whole issue with avocados from Mexico right now? I'm almost surprised yeah, the, that they advertise because if you don't have the, the one supply, province or state in Mexico where avocados come from is like uh, there's some sort of supply issue. Yet they. Still... I got that right in the New York Times news quiz today, which is why oh, I know nice. that. Ooh, I need to take that quiz. Yeah, I thought that came out on Saturdays. Huh. Cheater. I did it today. Are you like the um, early edition guy? Yes. <laughs> I, I, uh, I have a one magical power, which is I get the New York Times news quiz a day early. When are they going to put Wordle on the official app for the New York Times crossword puzzle? I Soon, I hope. Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Apples? A- yeah. Snickers, something. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jim. Apple doesn't in- it advertise in the Super Bowl, do they? There was no iPhone. Oh, right. That there was no Apple. Uh, yeah. no Apple stuff. Huh. We are no phones in general, right? Not that I can think of. And I can just think T-Mobile. of, um, I do remember Let's years ago now. all the things now. that didn't advertise. <laughs> yeah, that's Super what we're going to do on today's show. Every brand that didn't advertise. There have been memorable, like, I want to say Samsung commercials, Samsung like Galaxy mm-hmm. phone commercials, because I remember they were advertising their um, uh, waterproofness, if that's the right way of putting that, water resistance maybe. And they had um, oh uh, Lil Wayne, I think, walking through the store pouring champagne. Yeah, I remember on that. His, and I don't remember if that was the actual Super Bowl commercial, but that campaign. Yeah. I think he was in another commercial for that campaign uh, that year too. But you're right. I, I wonder if that's telling. Does that is that speak of anything? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sure it does. I'm sure it's an indicator of something. Um, it's it is weird how clustered these ads were, like around electric vehicles, uh, cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, and I mean, and then snack food, which is yeah. kind of always yeah, there. and 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 the beer and snack anything food else and beer, that people yeah, are consumables. Be consuming, especially during the Super Bowl. Um, okay, well, let's talk about uh, today's show. What we're gonna do is uh, the last two weeks, you and I did a lot of blabbing about the Super Bowl commercials, first running up to the Super Bowl, and then dissecting what actually aired. And there hasn't been a lot of room for our listeners, the Ad Council to weigh in. So that is what we're going to do today. We're going to hand over the reins to the Ad Council to hear what you guys thought about these dang ads. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear what they're saying 
Only the echoes of my mind. I'm just glad that um, if we did draw any new listeners after the Super Bowl, that I was able to scare them away with the uh, intro to this show that I just provided. <laughs> Apples, etc. What is up first today? Well, um, I wanted to start with something that you actually called to my attention. I think you saw this in some of the feedback we got. We kind of we kind of blew it on the Taco Bell ad. Yes, no, the, all credit goes to this listener. Yeah, I mentioned this to you because I happened to see this email come in on my phone not long after we posted last week's episode, and I was like, "Oh, doy!" Now, don't get me wrong. This commercial, this Taco Bell commercial that aired during the Super Bowl, I still think it's a bad commercial. Yes, but. Andrew, could you have missed well, this Well, I'm not more? saying that we didn't miss it. We did. But I also think that it wasn't... I think credit goes to this listener, listener Amanda, for for being savvy enough to get the joke that they were making. Because I don't think it was super obvious. But what Amanda says is... And for those who don't remember, we can replay it if you, if you like. But it's a... We have a bunch of bored... Um, Clowns. Disconsolate clowns sitting around uh, some sort of clown school, hating in, their lives. In the mess hall specifically, yes. they're eating some really crappy looking school lunches. And it's surreal and dark. And like you said, just like really mopey, ugly clowns. Yeah, mopey, ugly clowns. And there's a voiceover saying that the repeating the line, the ice cream machine is broken. Here, let's take a listen to that if you don't mind. Students, the ice cream machine is still broken. Okay, and then they're all like doing their little juggling and clown stuff, looking depressed. And then eventually, one of them, spoiler alert, finds a Taco Bell spicy hot sauce packet, and then right. suddenly they shed their clowniness and they go out into the world, and, and the world has meaning and and vigor again. Yeah, they become annoying hipsters who go to Taco Bell. Amanda says, I think that Taco Bell is taking a jab at McDonald's, of course, clowns. I haven't seen the commercial, so she didn't even need to see the commercial to get this. <laughs> so for their evidence of our uh, sort of lack of awareness here. But based on the ice cream machine is broken announcement and the fact that Ronald McDonald is a clown has me thinking that maybe Taco Bell is saying that McDonald's is boring. Taco Bell has more flavor in a single sauce packet than all of McDonald's. That's the message I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Amanda, I think you are picking up what they're putting down. And yes, I don't know if we are especially dumb. I'd be curious if other listeners uh, also got that and we just missed it or if it was like too subtle for for a lot of people to get. Yeah. Did you, um, this is an email that came in. Did you look at the Facebook page? Was there a lot of chatter about this there by any chance? I didn't see, I didn't get super deep on the Facebook page, Mm -hmm. but I didn't see anything jump out at me about it. Interesting. Yeah, because I do wonder. I mean, when Amanda sent this in, I was like, Again, I just felt like I just just so no doy on this. <laughs> um, but uh, so I wonder if everybody was kind of like rolling their eyes at us for not getting it or if everybody was like, yeah, that's just a weird dumb ad I didn't get. I mean, the ice cream machine. Now, that's I wouldn't say that that's a. a, a yeah, like is that, a, is that a poll, meme? But it has been something that has been written about a lot. We've talked about it on TBTL. It's one of those cultural conversations that's been going on for a long time is um the ice cream machine is often broken when you go to order it at McDonald's. And then there were conspiracy theories that it wasn't actually broken. It was just that employees didn't feel like maintaining the machine or employees didn't feel like serving it. And then there was like some investigative piece uh, that looked at why they actually do break. And it turns out it wasn't a conspiracy, but they are bad machines. This is all off the top of my head and probably half wrong. But yeah, it is part of the cultural conversation that 
the ice cream machine is always broken at McDonald's. Right. Yeah. So thanks, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. Uh, it does make that commercial a little bit better in my mind. It makes it slightly more coherent. Yeah. But slightly for yeah. a pretty incoherent commercial. This next one I love. This is from listener John. Um, do you remember the one for um, T-Mobile Internet with um, the two guys from Scrubs, Donald Faison oh, yeah. and Zach Braff? Yeah, and they're singing, they're right? They're singing. It's a it's a riff on I Feel Pretty. Uh, it's sort of a parody song of the song I Feel Pretty. Oh, do you know that I did not know that? I didn't because... What is the song I Feel Pretty? I feel pretty, oh so pretty, I feel witty and... Pretty and bright. I probably screwed up the lyrics to the lyrics from some musical. I'm, oh. I'm blanking on which one. Oh, okay. Um, Would you mind if I played the, the parody version sure. from their um, commercial that aired during the Super Bowl? I'm defeated, feel mistreated. I'm so angry, I'm singing a song. Cause I'm paying so much for home internet and that's just wrong. I've got T-Mobile home internet. I feel happy. Great. Very happy. Good for you. Look how much money I'm saving right now. Wait, really? There's no hidden fees, no price hikes, one core. Roll out. Internet without me. And there it is. Okay, I didn't know that was a parody. And just to uh, close the loop on that, it was from West Side Story. Ah. I knew I'd. I knew it was a musical I had seen a lot of times. Um, so I liked it. I thought it was a, a good use of their talents. And um, I also was a fan of Scrubs. I used to say it was my favorite new NBC sitcom mm-hmm. for like the first three years that it was. We watched a lot of that. We watched when it a lot was of Scrubs. New. It was pretty good when it first came out. I think its quality fell off a little bit, but you know, it, as any long-running sitcom will do, it's got to. You know, cover a lot of ground. So anyway, um, John was also a fan of Scrubs, and he writes, I don't know if this counts as an Easter egg, but I was a big Scrubs fan back in the day, and this caught my eye immediately. In the Super Bowl commercial, Turk, uh, Donald Faison, and JD, Zach Braff, are wearing outfits that resemble their costumes on Scrubs. And this is true. Like, in Scrubs, uh, Zach Braff's character was uh, uh, like a medic, like a... I don't know, I think he was an ER doctor. He was like just like a medical doctor, or like an internist. And uh, Turk was a, a surgeon. So he's always wearing the surgeon, surgical green scrubs. And Zach Braff's character is always wearing the blue scrubs for that part of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, and even a big part of the show was sort of like the tension between the surgery people and the medical people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also... There were the white coat people. I'm just thinking of this now, right? Like the the higher well, ups would wear the white. Yeah, because and because yeah, because these are they're in their scrubs mm-hmm. and they are um in their interns or residents for like most of the show. And then of course there was the janitor who wore. I'm just wondering if that was all kind of part of the you're show. Just, you're just naming all the characters and what they wore now. Well, I know that there wasn't a team of janitors, so that's a little bit different, but it was a show about kind of hierarchy and cliques, right? In a yeah, way. I mean, and it so was, it was a way of like because I never thought about that before. I find it interesting. Yeah, I mean it was definitely about like the the young doctors in the scrubs who are who are coming up through the system, their relationship, you know, yeah, the hierarchies, the nurses have their own uh like place in the in the purple in the ecosystem. Um, yeah, so so anyway, they all do wear these very and they and they were very much like costumes that they wore every every episode. Um, so so John says uh, Turk and JD are wearing outfits in this T-Mobile commercial that resemble their costumes on Scrubs on Scrubs, and he's right. So uh, Donald Faison's wearing like a turquoise hoodie that kind of does evoke his his turquoise Scrubs, and uh, Braff is wearing like 
not a blue, but like a bluey gray kind of shirt with a with a dark uh, blue hoodie over it. And he always in this in the show wore a blue scrubs with long black T-shirt mm. underneath it. And I do think it's very intentional, but also so subtle. Yeah, definitely. Like you really have to have to recognize and know that show to catch that reference. I think it's really great that you caught it, John, because I'm sure you're exactly right. Um, he says, John says, I don't know the medical. Uh, Turk and the other surgeons wore green scrubs. JD and the medical doctors, he says, internalists? I don't know medical things. <laughs> uh, wore light blue. Um, and JD's character always wore darker blue undershirt. Hmm, um, that's so really interesting. So I'm pretty sure this, that's what this is wow. meant to represent now, in the commercial. Did John, I'm looking at a couple of photos side by side, one still from the commercial, one publicity photo from the show. Did John send those yes. in or did you? Okay, that's really awesome. If we can share that on the Facebook page, that'd be cool. Yeah, we yeah. sure can. Yeah, cool. Uh, thank you, John. I think I lo- that is some eagle-eyed yeah. ad counseling right there. Yes. Um, moving on, um, C- listener Chris says. Um, so we we didn't really talk about the Expedia commercial very much. No, and in fact, I went back and watched it today because of this email. Did we even play it on the show? If we did, I think we we just kind of. Uh, gl- glossed right over it mm-hmm. i would like us to play it now mm-hmm. because it's actually really worth another look you know how like the mcconaughey commercial for salesforce was like very much giving sh- throwing shade to the billionaires going to space mm-hmm. and like the the lack of attention to like our kind of our our own current planet and our own needs here yeah it took a shot at both the billionaires going to space and the meta um corporation the the idea of people putting on um their goggles and kind of mentally leaving the space well this expedia commercial is like all shade if you watch it it's all visual so we're gonna have to kind of talk through it quickly here um, and maybe it'll be better to just like explain it before we. Yeah, because there's a lot of voiceover. Because he's too. voicing over. He's yeah. so you and McGregor is basically walking through kind of what looks like a set, and he's walking past all these other commercials that are being made for cars and phones and beer, and it's very specifically using imagery that calls out specific brands. Like it shows a puppy in a horse barn. Yeah, that's Budweiser. Budweiser. Yeah, right. And um, there's at one point he walks past a big, fl- a big gold coin hung from the ceiling and it's obviously meant to evoke you know bitcoin uh-huh um there's uh there's and i i feel like i'm missing reference i think that's little nas x supposed oh, to be oh there's somebody going by in like a really fancy um glitzed out i don't know if glitzed out is a word uh cowboy outfit carrying a bag of chips yeah interesting oh and then the, here are the knights from the, the bud, bud light the commercial. bud light yeah. knights are in it but now, of course they're not really that but it's all these things that are meant to evoke those ad campaigns now this next one's where they actually show people in space it looks like the mcconaughey commercial a little bit they show astronauts floating in space taking selfies with their phones right but if, but they're very they are careful to show you that they are on guy wires yes, you know that it's course. being shot that way yeah so he's making fun of all these other commercials, or the, or the Expedia is making fun of all these other commercials for for consuming goods, and then he walks through a door out onto a beach, and you know the pitch is don't buy a bunch of goods, buy experiences. Yes, exactly. Which I have a lot to say about that, but that's a good setup. Like now, just picture all that stuff happening as he's walking through these sets as you listen to his voiceover. Stuff. We love stuff, and there's some really great stuff out there. But I doubt that any of us will look back in our lives and think, I wish I'd gotten a slightly sportier SUV, bought an even thinner TV. 
or found a trendier scent. I wish I'd discovered a crunchier chip, found a lighter light beer, or had an even smarter smartphone. Is gonna walk Do you out think the any door. of us will look back in our lives and regret the things we didn't buy? Or the places we didn't go? It's a safe more with Expedia. Um, I think that is way more interesting than I ever gave yes, it credit for. I agree. I didn't watch it so closely and not in this context. I will say, though... And I understand the pitch, and I think it is a good pitch yeah. for some Although, people. Although, showing me a puppy, I am now thinking about the puppies I haven't gotten. Yes, it will. all of it, honestly, and I, I think I'm on the outside of the mainstream here, but I also know that I'm not alone. Actually, yeah, give me stuff. I <laughs> used to think about this as a kid. I wouldn't. I didn't understand why you would ever, if you had a choice of spending your money on something that was either consumable or just experience versus something that you could have and, like, as a kid, like, play with for a long time, you would always take the thing that you could have for a long time. You would take a G.I. Joe over a trip to an amusement park? Yes. Wow. I mean, I don't know about that particular balance. No, okay, balance, that might which, not be a one-to-one. And, and but frankly, like, even as... You, wouldn't, you would take the SS flag yeah. over a trip to <laughs> wow, an amusement you, park. Wow, we've been together a long time, the fact that you know what the <laughs> SS flag is. Um... Yes. Oh, most, most certainly. And even as an adult. And again, I'm not proud of this. I think I, I come off as sounding like a plebe. But like, I, um, yeah, if you told me, because I still, even though I'm an adult, I'm still, I'm an embarrassingly childish adult. And I do like toys, whatever, whatever my version of toys are. And if you did say, hey, you could have this sound system in your studio, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and it costs X thousands of dollars. Let's say it's a nice one. Or you can go somewhere for You're a week. You're not a big traveler. I would take the yeah. stereo because I would take care of it and I would have it forever and I would stay in my house and I would enjoy it. I think that you are not alone, but that you're right that that is not in the mainstream and i also think that this ad is talking to for better or for worse people who already have not just their basic needs met but are living a a high a fairly comfortable life and for whom you know a slightly sportier like he didn't say you won't regret that suv you didn't buy he's talking to someone who already has the 2019 suv and should you upgrade to the 2022 SUV or should you go to Greece? Yes, that is what I was going to say, too. That is the one that's the little pushback on what I was just saying. And I think it's, again, smart writing for this ad. It's not like, hey, are you going to regret not buying an SUV? Some people are like, well, I need an SUV. I got a yeah. family, like whatever. But it's like it's it's giving that um, sense of like, did you really need a thinner TV? It's not even a bigger TV. I too. love that, I that's that detail. Thinner TV. Yeah. Like, does that really matter? Because no, it doesn't matter if it's a little bit thinner, if you have the same size TV um, or th- that car is a little bit sportier, it's which is so in hard these to margins. define. Yeah, exactly. I think and it's margins, really a class issue. Yeah. It's actually, again, doesn't speak to me because I'm not a big traveler, but it's a really solid pitch with really good writing that backs it up. And I totally missed the fact that it was taking shot shots at actual commercials. Like I that did little too. Nas X thing is like great. We're maybe not very good at this. I know. Amanda. 
<laughs> John. Well, John was even calling. John this is, or Chris wasn't even calling us out for missing missing the, the no. main point of it. But I don't think we talked about it. We didn't really. Yeah. I think we just overlooked it. Honestly, it, I I feel like it was in there, but I didn't see it during the Super Bowl. I remember kind of looking up at one point. I think I remember I ran across the street to buy some chips or some. Well, let's a, be a, honest. You went across the street to get a crispier chip. Oh, actually, I. You did buy chips for you, and I bought Chex Mix for me. Yeah. Um, anyway, I ran across the street very quickly. Um, so I remember running back in and looking up and seeing this. I think this aired around the halftime. And then you had it on the list last week, but it was so far down that I think we specifically skipped it. So I, anyway, this yeah. is really interesting, Chris. Thank it you. is really interesting. And, and one thing Chris adds, which I really didn't know about, is that I think one he says, I think one of the reasons Expedia wanted McGregor must have been his series of motorcycle travel shows. Did you know about this? No. So I... Now that I now that I hear that I'm like yeah that does ring a faint bell but you and McGregor does these shows with um, a buddy of his I don't know if the buddy's famous or not I didn't recognize him called Long Way the one the first one I think is Long Way Round and then I think they've done two subsequent ones called Long Way Down and Long Way Up hmm. and I looked at the trailer for Long Way Round I'm not going to play it here because it's it won't translate in any way meaningfully to the audio but basically he and his friend and a Fairly, what looks like a fairly small crew of support people and, of course, camera people drive their motorcycles around the world. And I mean, they leave from London and they go across Europe and then Asia and they go through like Mongolia and Kazakhstan and Siberia. And I mean, it gets very, very remote. Um, so are they on dirt bikes for the remote part, or are they road bikes? They're just um, they're like those they're like those motorcycles that are like. Um, they're not like Harleys, but they're like uh, like heavy duty kind of ro- like ma- racing motorcycles. Okay. I guess they look like I, I'm way way out of my depth here in terms of my motorcycle descriptions, but they look like you know as tough as you can get motorcycles. But they're still just motorcycles, and they drive them through places where there are not roads. And yeah, they're, that sounds cool. They to drive me. them through rivers and like mud pits and. It's insane, like, what they do. I mean, it looks pretty rough. And then they, they put them on a plane and fly them to Alaska and drive it across hmm. the continental, uh, you know, or the, the North America. Hmm. Um. I love motorcycles. I want a motorcycle. That sounds great to me. I did look up who his buddy is, his partner in the show. Somebody named Charlie Borman is described as an English TV presenter. That's how you know he's British. Yep. Uh, travel writer and actor, but he's most known for this. Okay. So so, he's, so there's no reason I would necessarily yeah, I know don't him. Think so. Um, so yeah. So as um, uh, as Chris points out, I do think of travel adventures because of the. I think of McGregor and travel adventures because of these these shows. Um, so I think you're absolutely right, Chris, that like that's why he was sort of their ideal spokesman. Of course, he's also, you know, very famous and appealing. Um, and Chris notes that he defended that McGregor defended the commercials and his reason for doing them, saying, I've never been asked to do a Super Bowl ad before. It's fun to be part of that. Some of the best experiences of my life have been through travel and it means so much to me and I want to encourage people and we talked about that a little bit. That's because what we said on the show. We, we talked. He did the the teaser for this ad, right? And basically right. makes those same points. We talked about that two weeks ago for the teaser, and yeah. we were like, and we were very dismissive we of were. it, just kind of like, oh yeah, you, Mister Actor, you can travel anywhere. We didn't get the connection to, but his like show. this dude does it yeah. hardcore. Right, so right, right. Hats okay. off, Ewan. Right, he's not just flying to a set in no. New Zealand or what have yeah, you. Yeah, it gets pretty rough and tumble oh, on these this long way around. I'm a little bit tempted to watch it. I'm not much for travel shows. Me neither. Yeah. Um, but this looks like it might be interesting. Hmm. 
Uh, now, so, this anyway, next one, yeah, thanks, Chris. last time I tried to say the name of it, I had not heard of this before. Um, and then I called, is it Rakuten? Yes, you've got it right. Hey, Rakuten is up next. Now, this is the the um, commercial where you see a really, like, very, very lavish mansion with a bunch of um, gambling games going on. It's like Gambling Night at the Mansion. That's what they were going to call it's it. It's Gambling Night at the Mansion. Hey, yeah, it's exactly. Gambling Night at the Mansion. Everyone, like, they put up posters and flyers around the neighborhood. <laughs> gambling yeah. Night at the Mansion, everybody. Free hot dogs. Free hot dogs <laughs> with purchase of beverage. <laughs> And you see, like, just incredibly wealthy people. It kind of reminds you of a scene out of <laughs> I love a. I free hot dog. <laughs> with, with purchase of beverages, the best. Um, can I have a. I wish one of these people. <laughs> I wish one of these fools was eating a hot dog in the background. <laughs> that would make what was already a pretty funny commercial just hilariously absurd the the visuals in this commercial are reminiscent of like a james bond scene you see incredibly rich people gambling and we should actually do a show about depictions of wealth because i think that there's a rich so to speak a rich rich vein. vein there um and i i'm thinking about all the ads where we've seen people depict extreme wealth depicted and with like shows like succession and billions mm. and white lotus and stuff like sort of the wealth porn that we've all become accustomed to seeing on television it'd be interesting to see how commercials are playing with that idea of yeah. like obscene wealth sorry i'm a little bit brain dead out of curiosity what was the th- you said succession and white lotus and what was the third one you mentioned? i'm not a, i haven't watched it but there's a show called billions oh it's yes got paul giamatti okay yeah right 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 um anyway in this commercial you see in in this setting a poker game going on and there's an incredibly wealthy looking woman and she's at the table and she is in some sort of a a, a would you call it not a bidding war but they're She's in a poker game. In a poker game, but they keep raising the stakes, her and this one other woman. And the woman that she's raising the stakes against is, um, she's like the everyman. She's filling in for us. She She's the only person there who does not look super, super wealthy. And um, I don't know if we really need to play it because it's very visual, but the, um, the really rich woman starts putting things on the table like, her golden high heels or her gold flashy high heels. Right. And the woman's like, oh, I got those too. I got them from Rakuten. And then um, like a a Roomba. They raise the stakes with a Roomba and she calls it. So anyway, that's the basis of the commercial. And you explained to me that it's basically, this like a plug-in that you use on your browser. So if you're online shopping, Rakuten might pop in and say, hey, I can get you a better deal somewhere else. It's not that I can get you a better deal somewhere else. Typically... Um, but it's often like I can you can get two percent cash back if you activate. Oh, okay. The 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 plugin on this one. Okay, and that cash back goes to your Rakuten account. And then yeah, you and then eventually you can okay. move it over. Okay. So um, anyway, David has a lot of background on Rakuten, which I did not know because he works for Rakuten. Oh. And uh, he says it's so much more than just an extension for earning uh, cash back. I should know. I've been working for Rakuten for the past four years. By the way, Rakuten is Japanese for optimism. Oh. Uh, I'm not. That su- makes me like that. Yeah, it's nice. Um, I'm not surprised that's what Americans know them for, the cash back thing, since that's the main business we have in the U.S. right now. Um, Rakuten, he says, is a major e-commerce and technology company. And so check this out. Like, if you're, like, it's so f- interesting to think, like, the keyhole we look through certain things on f- from our American perspective, right? Um, he says, the original market is in Japan, where Rakuten rivals Amazon for shopping online. Uh, but their approach is like they support third-party sellers instead of just like selling you the stuff themselves. Um, 
And they operate banking, credit card, travel, delivery, car sales, marketing, medical technology. Um, mm. They are now the fourth largest mobile phone network. Basically, they're the fourth mo- largest mobile phone network in Japan. Yes, it's a global company. They're basically like, um, I don't even. I'm not like, like Alibaba almost. Alibaba in, in, as, in China, but yeah, yeah, like I mean, like they're just a multi, glo- You know, they're just a global do everything kind of company you know they're like i don't know it's a plug-in yeah and i'm like it's a plug-in you get i don't know i like get a dollar back when i buy Uh makeup um apparently they bought buy.com and ran it for a while uh but shut it down in the u.s just before covid and now they're basically focused on the cash back service Mm. in the ad however that is not rackinson's only presence in the u.s uh like amazon they offer a family of e-readers called kobo oh I am a big Kindle user, uh, but my Kindle is kind of dying. This it's is a, you talking now, This is right? me, Genevieve, yeah. saying I am a Kindle user, and I've been a big fan of the Kindle forever. Uh, I really like the paper white. Um, but if I'm looking to an alt- for an alternative, he says, I can check out the Kobo. I would like to check out the Kobo. Have you? I'm looking at the I wonder Kobo if I can get now. all the books I want on Kobo. The one thing Also, is, I'd love to have a Kobo. This is the one thing about... Um, I'm looking at it now. It looks very much like the the Kindle reader. Is it cheaper like than a Kindle? Because but here's that the might thing, be... though, and this is the thing with almost all these subscription services that you kind of start to buy into. Um, you lose your library. You have how uh, many hundreds I've, of books? Do I have you think hundreds you have, of books on my Kindle. Right? I can't stop. Is that is something? And I, I just sound like an old man now. I mean, it's the way of the world. But like back in the day, if you wanted to start buying. I don't know books from a different bookstore. Yeah, you, you didn't have to go home and like throw away all of your old yeah. books. Yeah, no, that's how know? they get you. You're absolutely right. I do wonder though. I almost want to Google this on the fly, but I don't think that'll make for very good radio. I do wonder if there's a way to transfer that. Yeah, I kind of doubt it because you paid for those books at Amazon. But, but sometimes, but they're like, books that I paid for, and they are yeah. unlike a software as a service. The books that I bought from yeah. Amazon are my books. Right. Yeah. I I'm thinking now because I'm I have a lot of listeners um, who are encouraging me to ditch my Spotify subscription, which I I'm tempted to do, um, and go to another service, not some small boutique service that helps, you know, local musicians. I'm talking about like YouTube music. Yeah, or something. well, you can't go to a boutique service to yeah. get all the music in the world. Right, exactly. I could just go back to playing CDs, I guess, or, or cassettes. Um, but anyway. Um, well, yeah, let's go back to playing cassettes. There are all kinds of services, that apparently, that people are sending me links that will help you transfer all of your playlists. Uh-huh. That's a big thing for me of Spotify. Yeah. Was not only did I make playlists, but I would make artwork for those playlists. So like, you could send it to somebody, you could post it on social media and be like, here's my thing. And Spotify does a good job of integrating into that. And also, if I'm sending out a Spotify playlist, I know that most people have Spotify. So there are a lot of people have Spotify right. and they can listen to it. Whereas if I sent out a YouTube music playlist, I don't know how many people would click on it if they didn't have YouTube music. All of that is to say there's something different about exporting a playlist which is i never owned that music right. it's just a, it's just like a bunch of it's a digital finger pointing yes. at a list Go of songs to this song. yeah exactly as opposed to these books you you bought these books i yeah, didn't buy that Neil it's more Young like song. owning a yeah i own a file that has all of the yeah. content of that book yeah it's very i mean the lines between what is consi- what is something that you own and what is something that you rent or license has become so blurry. And we were talking about this the other day with the tractors, the John Deere, how like John Deere's like fucking a bunch of farmers yeah. because they won't, they, the tractors and not just tractors, but like the huge, the, th- you know, these threshing machines that cost like a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Like they're so complicated because they're like run on computers. And not only 
are they very difficult for an ordinary person to repair and work on, but they actually are not even allowed to because they're basically just licensing the software. Um, by the way, a couple of things. When you're on the Rakuten Kobo page, you see a photo of a man reading his Kobo reader. He could not look happier. Oh, he's so happy. He's super happy. And he loves then, his Kobo. And then I um, I got Kobo FOMO. And then... <laughs> Can we call this show Kobo FOMO? <laughs> sure. I started one, you know, Googling a little bit here while you were talking about whether or not you can transfer your library over to Kobo. And the answer actually seems to come from Amazon. It, apparently, and is it not a chance in hell? Well, I, I, can't, I don't want to dig into this too deeply while you and I are trying to do this because um, that'll be just terrible. But it seems to say the Kindle books are in your Kindle contents directory. Plug the Kobo into your computer and use Caliber. I don't know what Caliber is. Use Caliber to add the books to your Kobo, they'll be automatically converted to EPUB and then they're transferred. So it sounds like there might be something. If I'm reading this right, I'm Googling on the fly, my apologies, but it sounds like there might be something that can take your digital books from whatever platform and say, okay, we're going to take away the DRM that is specific to that platform and now you own the EPUB book, whatever Mm -hmm. the raw data is, and then transfer it to another e-reader. That's something that we could look into. I don't want to spread misinformation here, but it seems like there's a glimmer of hope potentially. I feel like the the Kobo is what Dwight Schrute would have instead of a Kindle. <laughs> and, and he would always talk about how it's better. It's way better. Well, yeah. I, I feel like I'm pushed into that a lot with my, um, with my, um, oh, your Samsung, Samsung Galaxy, even just my phone. Oh. Like they're both galaxies, I guess. But yeah, like an Android thing. Like people, because of the just huge well, the, prominence of yeah. iPhones, not just I guess in America, but I guess in our friend group. Everybody, I feel like whenever I say I use an Android, people take that as like a challenge I know, right? or like I need to defend myself or like I'm telling, not even like I need to defend myself. I feel like people act like, oh, you, you're better than me or something. No, not no, even, not, the, the not vibe better, I get like, is like, oh, you poor savage. Yes, or but it's always like a challenge sort of. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, you won't get on the, like, yeah. why do you want to convert it's, me? It's like living in the South and not going to a Baptist church. <laughs> you're definitely going exactly to, you're definitely going to spend the night at someone's house and you're going to wake up on Sunday and suddenly you're going to church with their family. I think people think I'm trying to make a statement by using <laughs> the, 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 the. I'm at the point where I am making a statement with. Are you really? Oh, well, yeah. Then, well, thanks for belying my argument. Well, you do what you do. You, you do what you got to do. I'm going to buy, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cancel our upcoming vacation. I'm going to buy two more Samsung tablets <laughs> just to prove them. Do we have a vacation you want, coming you up? You want some way? more stuff. We don't have a vacation coming up. All right. No. What's our last email here? All right. Let's end on a Valentine since we just concluded uh, Valentine's week last week. Um, and this is from Jennifer, and she loves the Salesforce ad with Matthew McConaughey. Now, this is the one that we just referenced earlier, and we did talk about um, on the show last week. It starts with him floating in space in uh, in almost an astronaut costume. Yeah, he's. I mean, an- <laughs> he's not in a real spacesuit. Yeah. He's literally in an he's, astronaut costume. He, and he even said they didn't go to NASA for this thing. <laughs> this goes. Uh, this doesn't have to do with Jennifer's point here, but I did think it was interesting that he said specifically that he did want people to think this when this commercial began started playing. I love the that Super he Bowl. thinks anyone liked Interstellar enough yeah, to want a sequel. I was wondering about that too. I'm like, did I not realize? No, how, no one likes that movie. But he wanted everybody to think that this was a commercial for Interstellar two, a movie that does not exist. But he wanted to people to think that they were announcing that anyway but it ends up being for salesforce and i'm still not entirely clear why salesforce is taking shots at these other companies but this is where his monologue here talks about um kind of takes shots at the 
billionaires going to space and what have you. Space, the boundary of human achievement, the new frontier. It's not time to escape. It's time to engage. And we see people going about their lives down on Earth. He's in a hot air balloon for some reason. Um, but saying this isn't a time to escape. People it's are getting to, married and yeah. farming. It's very, you know... They're, in business uh, they're doing business, yeah. But so. then we start to see people who are just like walking through the streets with VR headsets on, which is just ridiculous. So Nobody's dangerous. doing that. You're gonna fall in a but manhole. But then one person takes off her uh, headset and suddenly realizes there's a whole world around her. Thank you, Matthew McConaughey. Thank you, Matthew McConaughey. Well, anyway, Jennifer says, "Y'all, I freaking love this commercial. Mm-hmm. It is in heavy rotation during all the Olympic coverage. So you'd think I'd get tired of it. Nope. Mm-hmm. I giggle at McConaughey's. Eh." Every time. And that is very job. funny. Yeah, and He's it's not good. just the voiceover. You see him act that line, yeah. too, which is good. He's great. Um, I love the looks on the other people's faces. I greatly enjoy the digs at Bezos, Branson, and Zuckerberg. And I'm obsessed with the 1973 Ray Conniff version of also Sprock uh, Zarathustra. Oh, that, and that's that song. I that's can never the remember da, the, da, da, da. what most people just call um, 2001. 2001 A Space Odyssey, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so is that version, that's Ray Conniff that we're hearing there? I take it it is, Oh, yes. interesting. American band leader and arranger. Huh. That's really interesting. Yeah, well, I'm glad Thanks you like that it. Thanks for that tidbit. I like that commercial, too. I don't think... I do, too. I don't... Did we... Did we give that an award? I don't think we gave it an award, but we... It was in... It was a contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could Not everybody can be a, a winner. No. But, we but, don't, this isn't an everyone gets a trophy kind of show. I think we came close to giving it an award because I was surprised yeah. that we were almost giving Ma- uh, Matthew McConaughey. Or did we give it an award, actually? I sort of it, feel like we did. I think it maybe did. won Best Drama. It might have because... You know what? It did. It won Best Drama. Look at that. Congratulations. Oh, I saw NPR did a like a best of, worst of uh, article about the Super Bowl ads. And uh-huh. they like made up a bunch of fake awards for the commercials. They're just biting our rhyme all the I'm time, so NPR. Sick of that. I was about to say, why didn't they call us? Then I remembered the beginning of the show. So <laughs> there you go. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, have to keep it short this week. Yeah, I got to give you guys a break. Yeah, no kidding. Let you catch up a little bit. Didn't we do almost two hours last week? Almost two hours? Oh, no, my friend. We did over two hours last week. We did two hours, 15 minutes. So I bet there's people still listening to it. So anyway. (laughs) We'll get back onto some more normal programming next week. It's back to the norm next week. Not not to... turn this into an editorial meeting where we decide our next shows but you mentioned doing shows that look at extreme wealth we could also have fun with looking at commercials that play around with various kinds of betting not for betting services but that incorporate, incorporate gambling, gambling. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like that that trope of yes. like I'm raising you at a poker table sure. must be huge in commercials going back I, I think those are both great ideas yeah, yeah we'll, okay. we'll get to both of those all right, I almost feel like this is our new year. I was going to say, like, <laughs> we'll get to those now that, now, like, the Super Bowl kind of resets everything well, for us, Well, it's at the right? beginning of the year, yeah. every year, and it does feel like a big, a, it's a big event for us, and it does kind of reset, and then, yeah, so it, it is kind of our, it's our new year. Yeah, I feel like we should, 
um, award one of our um, uh, one of our listeners today as the winner because I'm in that mode of the bullies. But let's, let's just not do let's that. not let's not do that. But let's encourage people to weigh in on all of this at the Facebook page. I guess it's a Facebook group. Yes, in fact, there's actually a lot of good stuff on Facebook that I left out of this show because I wanted exclusively to focus on post Super Bowl mm-hmm. commentary. We'll get back to regular ad council and a regular show next week. Um, but and so if you if you've posted something to Facebook, if you've sent something to the Gmail account, I did see it. I just am saving it. Nice. Uh, if you do want to send something to the Gmail account, after these messages, show at gmail.com, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at 607-444-5597. Just a reminder, you don't have to use that just to sing us jingles, although we love it. If you have a jingle you'd like to sing for us, you can also just call and share your opinion uh, if you'd rather talk than type. 607 444 Five five nine seven. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. What good is all your money if your style's still tasteless? I celebrate the fact I moved into my mama's basement.